imagine if you could overhear private, unfiltered conversations between the world's most influential and inspirational women? Now you can. Welcome to Leadership Global, where you'll hear from inspiring leaders who will help you define your vision, grow your leadership, expand your influence, and increase your impact to leave a lasting legacy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's Lead Hership Global episode. I am so glad to welcome all of you to the program today, where we have the privilege and pleasure of speaking with Kayla Osterhoff. She is a scientist, a speaker, a founder, and a CEO. And today we're going to be talking about how to leverage your biorhythm as a woman for peak performance. It's going to be a fascinating conversation, and I just hope I can keep up, honestly. So I have to tell you, I've done quite a bit of research around this subject, and I have found that while biorhythm theories have been present since ancient cultures, including those that were practiced by natal astrology, most theories are based on cycled periods. There's a 23-day period for the physical or male and a 28-day period for the emotional or female cycle. The physical or male cycle relates to coordination, physical energy, strength, and overall well-being. And the 23-day cycle in length, the cycle supports more awareness of times for optimum exertion, time for rest, time for recovery. And the emotional or female cycle is actually a 28-day cycle, and it centers around creativity, awareness, emotional sensitivity, and it can be helpful in managing depression or other mood disorders. So whether we're aware of it or not, humans seem to operate on a very delicate biorhythm of various cycles, from the physical, the intellectual, the intuitive, the spiritual, and even the aesthetic. Biorhythms, I found out, are actually invisible waves of energy within the human body that are constantly in flux. So these are considered to be unique to each and every person. And these energy levels are thought to begin actually the moment we're born. But that begs the question, how can you leverage your own biorhythm to achieve peak performance as a woman? Well, I got to tell you, I'm so excited to be able to welcome Kayla Osterhoff because she has dedicated the last several years of her career to researching women's neuropsychology. Her investigative efforts into the brains and minds of women have led her to major discoveries about how the female biorhythm relates to peak performance and how it provides women with unique leadership abilities. Kayla is now dedicated to sharing her research discoveries to empower women leaders around the globe. Her work has been featured on stages and media all around the world. She's formally trained with a Bachelor of Science in Health Ecology, a Master's of Science in Public Health and Epidemiology, and she's currently pursuing her doctoral degree in the field of neuropsychophysiology. Yes, you heard me right, neuropsychophysiology. Formerly, Kayla served as a health scientist for the Centers of Disease Control and Prevention, and she spent several years prior to that working in a clinical setting. So her unique background and expertise across the whole spectrum of health sciences is really unique and has led her to develop a truly holistic understanding and approach 
for health optimization, peak performance, and the resilience of the mind and body. Kayla, thank you so much for being a part of the Lead Hership Global Program today. Thank you so much. I am so honored and excited to be here and have this conversation for the Leadership Global community. And I cannot wait to help inspire the women in this community to be at their best and reach peak performance. I love that. Thank you, Kayla. Now, kick us off. Tell us a little bit about your journey. What led you to have such passion around this subject and led to such incredible achievements in academic studies? My journey has been varied, um, though I've stuck to the traditional path of education um, and being a researcher and a scientist, I'm a lifelong learner. And so I've never stopped learning. And, and something that we'll talk about in the biorhythm is how to leverage it so that we can learn better. Um, but this, this whole path has been really um, paved by my curiosity about the human body and how it operates and how to optimize it. And just knowing how it functions because it is such a beautiful work of art. And then when we're looking at the female system, the female operating system, the female body, it's even more fascinating and more complex and more beautiful. And what I would say is divinely designed. Um, and so I've really dove into that research over the past um, five years or so, really honing in what it is that makes a woman tick, what it is that makes her run. And, you know, growing up, um, I come from a family that didn't have very much. Um, and we had four kids and, and I was the first one to go to college. Um, and so, you know, I had a lot to prove. I think for my family and, uh, you know, the type A achiever story, you know, coming from little and making a lot out of a little, um, but really what catalyzed my path into specifically going into public health and looking at public health systems and then looking at a woman's health and how to empower women came from uh, my mom who experienced um, opioid addiction. And that was caused by her, by the health systems that were broken and by a general lack of understanding of the female body and the female system and how to properly support it. And she didn't even know because she didn't have the education how to properly support her own biorhythm. And I have to tell you her own body. Um, I have to tell you that even me now in my doctoral studies, when I began my doctoral studies, I still had no clue, no education about my female system, how it is different than a man's and the science be behind my biorhythm. And so it's kind of crazy to think that I could go that many years in postgraduate work and still never get an iota of proper information about my female body, how it works and how I should operate it. And so, you know, that really failed that system and that model really failed my mom. And she ended up having an overdose and suffers now from some permanent damage that has happened to her brain um, because of it. And luckily she has to be able to come out the other side. Um, but it's, it's really, um, it's sad because it's totally avoidable. And if women get the proper education about their body and how to operate it, 
then they will never have to face something like my mom faced and they will be able to perform at their peak and have a lot more success and enjoyment and balance in their lives. Wow. What an incredible story, Kayla. I will tell you, having a mom who's suffering from opioid addiction has got to have been a really challenging time in your life. And um, I can only imagine what you went through as her daughter. But it's amazing that that sparked this passion that you have in understanding the female body, understanding female biorhythms, and understanding how women are simply more complex than men physically. So talk to us a little bit about that. What are some of the differences between men and women from the perspective of a biorhythm and how are women more complex than men are? Yes, I love this question um, because it is very, it's actually very simple what the difference between men and women is. And then I'll explain a little bit more. The difference, the really the only difference between men and women is hormones. Hormones are the difference. Now, let me explain from a scientific standpoint and a biological standpoint what a biorhythm is and what a man's and a woman's looks like. Um, because what you were talking about is kind of the biorhythm of energy. Um, and that is definitely influential and something that I am very fascinated by. And there's even some planetary um, uh, impact on our biology. Um, but what I'm going to talk about today is, is very scientific, um, and it is all about the biology. So from a biological standpoint, when we look at a man's biorhythm, it is actually a 24-hour repeating system. Every day repeats pretty much the same. There's not very many changes or alterations. And in terms of what happens with his hormones, his biochemistry, his physiology, his neurochemistry, and his overall function, it's pretty standardized. It, it repeats every day. And now that system is driven by two hormones, which is the cortisol, the waking hormone, and melatonin, which is the sleeping hormone, which really drives a man's, all his other hormones and drives all of his behavior and how his body functions. Now, a woman has this same sleep-wake cycle, right? We still have, we wake up every day, we go to bed every night. However, that cycle, which is called the circadian rhythm, that cycle does not actually drive our biology. There's a different cycle that has more influence and drives our biology, which is something that you mentioned is the same as the energetic system, which is a 28-day-ish cycle. I say ish because every woman is a little different based on where she is in her life cycle and also um, what kind of things are going on in her life can impact how long or short her hormone cycle is. And now when I'm talking about her biorhythm, I'm talking about more than just her hormone cycle, because yes, we're talking about the ebb and flow of two hormones that drive a woman's behavior, biology, and human experience, which is estrogen and progesterone, so different than a man, but it's also how these two hormones and how they ebb and flow over the course of 28 days in this example, um, how those two hormones actually impact everything else about a woman's biology, and that's the biorhythm. So it's the impact on her bioenergetics, her metabolism, her brain function, her mood, her ability to communicate and interact with others, 
all of it is impacted by these two very important hormones, which are on a 28-day cycle. So when we're looking at that 28-day cycle and how it changes throughout the course of a month, we can split it into four different phases. And so many women understand or have heard of the four different phases of their hormone cycle, but they don't necessarily know what that means for their life and how they can behave and how they can thrive and support themselves. So um, the four different cycles of a female biorhythm are starting with menstruation, which is one. And typically most women are only aware that this is the only um, phase that they have, that they're either menstruating or they're not menstruating. But in fact, because of these significant biological changes that occur throughout the course of a month, you could even say that a woman is biochemically four different people over the course of the month and has four different sets of needs over the course of a month. So going from menstruation, the next one is the follicular phase. Then the next one is the ovulation phase. And the next one is the luteal phase. And each of them have a different length as well. And they also don't fit perfectly in their own little box. But for the purposes of our conversation today, we'll talk about what that means in terms of each phase and how it impacts a woman's behavior and her ability to perform and her ability to enjoy and have a fulfilling life. I love that, Kayla. Golly, there's so much that was packed into that, that dialogue. You talked about the circadian rhythm being universal to men and women, but that women also have a 28-day biorhythm cycle that's based on the ebb and flow of estrogen and progesterone. And within that 28 day cycle, there are actually four phases that dramatically impact a woman's mood, her performance, her every aspect of her life from menstruation to the luteal phase. So can you dive into each of those four phases a bit and tell us how do these four phases relate to a woman's performance? emotionally, psychologically, physically, in all aspects? Yes, absolutely. And this is my favorite thing to talk about because it is so juicy. And it's something that I really hope that all women um, know about themselves eventually and that all women get this education, especially at the primary school level. This is something we should be taught. Um, so starting with menstruation, we, at this point, our hormones, again, remember progesterone and estrogen are the two key players, though there are others happening. Um, but when at menstruation, estrogen and progesterone are at their very lowest level of the entire cycle, of the entire month. So what happens with this is we have to understand that these two hormones interface and interact and impact our metabolism, our bioenergetics, and our neurochemistry and our physiology at large, including how our nervous system innervates and interacts with our body. So when estrogen and progesterone are at their very lowest level during the menstruation phase, one of four, that is when we have lower levels of energy. We're actually producing less ATP, which is the, the mitochondria in our cells make ATP for energy. Um, some of you may be familiar with that term. And so we have lower levels of energy and actually our metabolism slows during this phase. And so that might sound like a problem, 
right? Um, and most women actually view this and interact with this part of their cycle as a problem because they, they feel lower levels of energy, which remember is naturally happening and supposed to happen. And they have lower metabolism. So they have lower energetic output as well. And when we look at the neurochemistry, we do have a little bit less of our mood boosting neurochemicals like serotonin and dopamine during this phase. But all of that is perfectly and divinely designed because it is our body telling us to go inward, to slow down so that we can actually tap into the benefit of this phase, what I call the cognitive superpower of this phase, which in modern science, looking at the brain scans of women, we see is something that comes online strongly during menstruation is cognitive empathy. Now, cognitive empathy is a very fancy scientific term for intuition. So a woman's intuitive insight is actually her cognitive superpower during menstruation if and only if she can give her body what it needs during that phase and she can follow the cues that she will have lower energy, that she will have maybe a little bit lower mood so she won't be socially and outwardly expressing herself and using energy during this phase. She'll have lower need for fuel during this phase because her metabolism is lower during this phase. But what we typically see in our society and especially with women leaders because we are go-getters and we have to get it all done. What we typically see is that instead of listening to our body, we drink all the coffee and we take smart supplements and all these things that are gonna boost our energy and we work out really hard and we work really long days and we just push through. The problem with that is that number one, we're, we're missing out on the opportunity to tap into the benefit that comes online during that phase, that cognitive superpower. And by the way, there are many that happen during each phase once we come into alignment with our biorhythm, with our body. But the other problem is, is that burns us out slowly, but surely. And that's why when we look into, when we look into the environment of modern culture and society that we're in, right? And especially in the world of business, we see that women are burning out of business. The statistics follow that fact. Even just last year, we had the largest mass exodus of women from the workforce than we have ever had before, 5 million just last year. And every year prior to that, it's been double or triple or even quadruple more than men leaving the workforce, which is scary. And then when we look at the statistics of women in, in leadership positions, women in the C-suite or managerial positions, and especially women owners, founders, and CEOs, um, and even venture capital dollars, we see dismal percentages in terms of women representing these numbers. So it can be anywhere from about one to 3%, depending on what state you're looking at, which is scary, right? And it's scary because women are actually biologically designed for leadership. However, we're not fulfilling these leadership roles. And so society at large is really missing out on a huge untapped resource for the greatest innovations that can actually evolve our cultures forward. And so 
you know, when we come into alignment with our biorhythm, we can tap into our superpowers. We can fulfill our leadership roles and positions that we are born for, and we can be healthier, happier, and get more done in less time. And again, we've only covered menstruation, which is only phase one. But I do want to give an example of how this is something that is not new news. And it's not something that just happened recently. And it's not just the case for modern women. This is actually something that we knew in ancient cultural times, but have forgotten over time. And then in modern society, because it was mostly women, or sorry, mostly men in the workforce to begin with, when we look back historically, because it was mostly men out in the world creating these structures, the systems, the schedules, the businesses, the infrastructures, all of it, um, our modern society works on a 24-hour repeating cycle. And so when we remember back, that works really well and is supportive for a man's biorhythm but it doesn't work well for a woman's biorhythm. It actually causes us to battle against our natural 28 day cycle. It causes us to you know, want to do the same routine and achieve the exact same amount and work the same schedule day in and day out. But that will never work for us. And a woman will never thrive in that kind of environment because she requires actually four different ones over the course of a month to be able to tap into her full potential and reach those limits. So quickly, just looking back in ancient cultural times, an example of this is beautiful that we can start to bring back to life now is the example of the red tent. Have you ever heard the story of the red tent? I've heard of the red tent, but I don't know that our audience has. So please uh, feel free to repeat that. Yes. So the story of the red tent, unfortunately, has been a little bit misconstrued over time. And a lot of people believe that the story of the red tent is the story of a place where women were banished to go and have their periods because it was gross or inconvenient or they were hormonal or moody or whatever. And that is not the true story of the red tent. The true story of the red tent is about a woman's superpowers for leadership and how ancient tribal times actually realized that a woman's body is such an advanced technology that could move and progress their, their societies forward. So when the women of the tribe who back then would all cycle together, because back then we didn't live out of alignment with our biorhythm. We didn't try to fit into a 24 hour repeating system. And we also didn't have endocrine disruptors and all these things that we have in modern society that mess up our hormones. So back then we all cycled together at the same time. And so when all the women cycled at the same time and they hit phase one menstruation, Again, remember, lower energy, lower metabolism, but heightened intuition. The tribe actually knew what a special time this was, and they would send the women all together to the red tent or some kind of gathering place where they would use their intuitive insight during this very special time to actually forecast and plan for the tribe for the next 28-day period. And that's how they ran their societies. But in modern society, we forgot about that. 
And only now we are with, with modern technology and the research that's coming out now, we're starting to remember how powerful the female system is and how women really are born for leadership roles. Wow, Kayla, that is so, again, just information rich. That is so inspiring and that's so enlightening. So tell us about the next three phases, if you can. Uh, Everything from the follicle phase to the luteal phase or luteal phase and what that means for women's cognitive ability, physical ability, um, psychological, emotional. What's the impact of those next three phases? Yes. So there is so much going on. The female system and body is complex and rich with all these benefits once we understand how to operate it. But I'll give a I'll give a high level review um, for inspiration. And there will be some really tangible tidbits that any woman can start making some shifts to align with their biorhythm and start to benefit from this amazing system that we've been gifted. So going from menstruation, again, where estrogen and progesterone are at their lowest level, we move into the follicular phase. And just remember that these don't fit in their perfect little boxes, but um, I have a, a kind of a guide and a system that will tell you what days are what kind of benefits and changes um, that I'll share with you um, at the end. But for now, um, after menstruation, we go into the follicular phase. During the follicular phase, the key prominent aspect that happens during this phase is that estrogen is steadily rising to a peak. So as estrogen rises, our energy levels rise. We also see a boost in those mood-boosting neurochemicals that happen that make us feel outwardly expressive and make us feel social. Um, And we also see our emotional intelligence increases specifically during this phase. There's all kinds of other amazing things that happen, but even just looking at these three components of what is shifting within our biology, within our bio, because of our biorhythm, we can kind of start to understand what the superpower is and how to align with it. So, you know, we can work a little bit longer days as we go through longer and longer days are going to feel better and more natural for us. We can work with teams and be more social during this time. And in fact, it's really healthy and beneficial to tap into our superpower during this time to be with a team and to be working with them, delegating with them, exchanging with them during this time. Because remember, in menstruation, we had that intuitive insight, right? And during the follicular phase, it's time to take what we learned, what we decided, how the analysis that we made during menstruation and put it into action. And our superpower in this phase is strategy and navigation. Our navigational ability is heightened during this phase. And even when we're looking at some of the research that has been done on the female cognition, um, we can see that a woman's ability to actually physically navigate is better during this phase. But her ability to strategically think and strategically work with her teams is heightened during this phase as well. So then going from there into the next phase, which is ovulation, and ovulation is only, it's not actually um, the act of ovulation, which is a quick thing, right? It's a phase, meaning that this is when our estrogen has risen to a peak 
And also the luteinizing hormone and follicle stimulating hormone are rising to a peak. And this whole process pretty much happens over one to three days. So it's very short. However, I call this the bloom phase because this is when we bloom. This is when we feel at our very best. Our cognitive superpower during this time is charisma. Our ability to be social and network during this time is heightened. We feel really good. We have a lot of energy. We have all those mood-boosting neurochemicals at their fullest potential during this time. And so being outwardly expressive, giving a pitch, networking, or working with your strategic partners during this time is going to be a really great thing for you to do to tap into this superpower. Then going from ovulation into the final phase and working our way back to menstruation, we go into the luteal phase. Now, during the luteal phase, estrogen is now coming down the other side of the curve and it is slowly lowering back down until we meet menstruation where it's going to be at its lowest again. So because of that, yes, our energy levels start to decline during this phase and it's a slow decline. Um, until the end when we're at our lowest energy levels. But the superstar of this phase is progesterone. During this phase specifically, which is one of the longer of the phases, the luteal phase, estrogen, sorry, progesterone rises to a peak. Now, this is my personal favorite phase because I'm a lifelong learner. I've been a student my entire life. I'm a researcher. And so I really loved my brain and I love to learn about the brain and I love learning in general. So I actually call this the grow phase because there's a really interesting thing that happens specifically cognitively and within our brain during this phase because of that progesterone. There's all kinds of amazing things happening, but I'm going to tell you about what happens in the brain because that's what I'm most excited about. So as, or as progesterone rises to a peak during this phase, we see a couple of neurochemicals that get released that are actually involved with neurogenesis. And that is brain-derived neurotrophic factor and neuronal growth factor. And as these, as these um, neurochemicals are released within the brain, they actually spark neurogenesis, which is the creation of new brain cells, the growing of new neurons. And so our ability to actually grow and replace old neurons is heightened during this phase, this phase specifically. But something that also happens is we have an enhanced ability for neural pruning and memory consolidation. But there is a caveat. We can't benefit from those superpowers. We can't benefit from those enhanced benefit or those abilities during this time unless we do something very specific, which is get quality sleep. Because during this phase, these are the benefits, but they can't happen unless we get quality sleep. When we're sleeping, that is when neural pruning happens. And that's also when memory consolidation happens. And that is how we benefit from these, um, from these changes that happen within our brain during this time. And when we look at the brain scans and the activity of women, what we see is that women have enhanced verbal acuity during this time. So it's actually a great time, not only for a woman to learn, you know, take her continuing education credits or whatever course she's working on, personal development, reading a new book, but it's also a great time for her to teach. 
because her verbal acuity is going to be heightened during this phase. So I know that was like a crash course and like a fire hose of information. So I do, I, I know that there's probably women out there like scrambling to like write these notes. And so I just want to assure you, you don't have to do that. Um, I have a free guide, um, a women's ultimate biorhythm guide that will cover all of this stuff and some other things that are really pertinent and interesting about feminine leadership and the neuroscience behind it. Um, so for any of the women listening, they can just text the word leader to 775-382-9222 and just snag your free ultimate women's biorhythm guide. Um, and if you have notes, then perfect as well. And when you're in your next luteal phase, that would be a good time to study up on this little guide. Oh my gosh, Kayla, that was amazing. I feel like I have just taken a masterclass in my own biorhythm cycle. Thank you so much. I will tell you the follicular phase is where I thought, oh, perfect. I want to stay in the follicular phase. But then you started speaking about ovulation and the superpowers that manifest during ovulation, high energy, great mood. And the fact you described as a bloom phase, I thought, no, okay, I want to stay in the ovulation phase. That's amazing. Even though it's only one to three days, that sounds like an amazing part of my month. And then you talked about the luteal phase. I will tell you that even though it is a place where perhaps you start to see a bit of a decline from the highs of um, ovulation and follicular, it has such incredible benefit. As long as you're able to get great quality sleep, you have enhanced communication, you spark new brain cells, you have memory consolidation. It's amazing to see how our bodies are wonderfully designed, incredibly made, and how we as women really do have uh, superpowers that manifest through our own biology. So thank you so much for walking us through the four phases of a 28-day biorhythm cycle. It's just, it's absolutely been fascinating. And I would say it really does sort of reinforce the ideas at the beginning of the podcast, which is biorhythms are invisible waves of energy within the human body that are constantly in flux. They're unique to each person, but these energy levels really can help us achieve peak performance as long as we're aware of what peak performance means over the course of a month. Yes. Yes. And it's my favorite thing to watch women's eyes light up when they learn this about themselves because, and I'm sure you, you might be able to relate to this, but you, you have a feeling as a woman that you know this about yourself but you don't exactly know what and how, but you do know that repeating a daily, day in, day out routine doesn't really work well for us, but you don't really understand why. And then you also know that you have this higher potential that you can tap into. And sometimes you're able to, and sometimes you're not, and you're wondering why. And it's because we're not living in partnership with our bodies. We're not listening to our bodies and the cues it's giving us. Like remember in menstruation, our body's giving us little cues like, hey, we're going to give you less energy. We're going to lower down that metabolism because we want to remove the distractions so that you can benefit from what's happening in your brain right now and have that intuitive insight. So the body is just so brilliant and it's always talking to us. And so I love to really 
guide women through this process and wake up to their superpowers and learn how to leverage all of them in every phase. And I loved how you described these delicate biorhythms from all the four phases and how they enhance us physically, intellectually, intuitively, spiritually, um, in a way that is really unique to women, but also uniquely equips us for peak performance and for leadership. And I think the more sensitivity that we bring to this topic, the more that women are able to really leverage this incredible strength that we've been given in the way that we've been created. So that's remarkable. So now I'm going to jump to our last question. Although I will tell you, Kayla, I feel like I could learn from you for days. And I am so grateful for your time with us over the last 30 minutes. Honestly, just so incredibly um, honored that you spent this time teaching and training and coaching all of us about this 28 days biorhythm cycle that we can take advantage of now. But turning the page a little bit, I'd love to talk to you about leadership. Um, through your unique journey, um, again, perhaps it was inspired by the experience that your mom went through, but you have created such a unique and powerful journey of leadership in and of your own right. And during that period, I'm sure you had amazing mentors and advisors that gave you leadership advice. So during that period, what was the most impactful, very best leadership advice that you've received that you'd like to pass on to our audience? Mm, Okay. It is definitely something that at the time I didn't understand and also didn't follow, but now I get it, especially now that I understand how my body works and now that I'm in partnership with it, um, which is work smart, not hard. You don't have to work hard to succeed and have success. You can just simply work smart. Now I understand what that means. I was working hard for the majority of my life. And eventually that really leads to burnout. And that leads to all kinds of health issues that I've personally experienced from being that that work, that hard worker and going, 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 never taking a break. But it's not really about taking a break. It's about understanding how to leverage what you're working with in the right way so that you can work smart, get more done in less time, and actually enjoy the process. Oh, always wise advice, Kayla. Thank you so much. And for our Lead Hership Global audience, today you were able to listen and learn from Kayla Osterhoff. She is a renowned neuroscientist and a women's health expert who obviously loves to share her research about the brain and mind. And you can see clearly why her work has been featured on stages and on media platforms around the world. Kayla, we are so grateful to have you here. Thank you so much for sharing your incredible expertise with the women of Lead Hership Global. Thank you so much, Linda. It has been just such a pleasure. And for any women who want to go a little deeper and learn about their biorhythm and work with a community, um, they can check out a website. It's herbiorhythm.com. And that is where there is an opportunity to join a one-year mastermind where women are learning about their body, creating a partnership with it alongside with me. Um, And so it's a really great and powerful community of women leaders. So for anybody interested in that, um, I would love to see you there. 
Perfect. Thank you, Kayla. Thank you for joining Leadership Global's award-winning podcast. As a member of Leadership Global, you have the opportunity to meet inspirational leaders, create lifelong friendships, and be surrounded by others who are invested in your success. Join our global community of inspiring women in leadership, women who will help you create greater levels of impact, support your personal and professional breakthroughs, and help you accelerate your success. Don't miss out on the opportunity to show up, speak up, and step up in your professional and your personal life. Find out how you can join us at leadhershipglobal.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.